for Yahweh. Thank you, Father, maker of all things made. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your treasury, to pull out treasure and share with my brothers and sisters for guidance. They that have an ear, let them hear. And that the scales from their eyes would drop away and they would see with heavenly sight, holy sight, spiritual sight, and see your majesty in everything around us, Father God. And know that great is thy faithfulness and all your mercies that you share. Father God, thank you. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Baraklitas Aman. So brothers and sisters, we have so many things that are going on around us. And this is a particular, this one is aimed for the doom and gloomers who talk about, and I know I get on them a lot, can't help it. I just, um, and I'm not going to try to help it. I'm not going to back down, nor am I going to apologize for that, because anyone that <laughs> that declares prophecies from the word of God and from the mouth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, whom I believe came for me, and anyone else that would hear his words and his teachings and have faith in God, I say shame that you call that doom and gloom because this is our saving grace is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we share the opportunity that Jesus Christ can save you, redeem you, recycle you. I use that term and it's I've heard other people use the term and others that share the word. They use the word recycle. Well, I'm going to claim, I, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to claim anything. It's, it's true. God is the great recycler. He mends what is broken. He repairs what fell away. And brothers and sisters know this, that despite what mammon might say, that you're no good, you're a failure, you're just worthless trash, you don't deserve this or that or the other thing. This is cancel culture stuff going on, okay? Cancel culture does these things and many times will drive people to suicide. And I've seen that done, brothers and sisters. It's despicable. God will recycle, and he takes those people that mammon declares are worthless and not worth anything, and he sees deeper and beyond failings. And simply because you fail at something does not make you a failure. It just means that you fell. Get up, dust yourself off, and say, Father, I'm sorry, I fell again. I'm sorry. And he says, it's okay. Come on, son, daughter, let's go. I love you. It's okay. God will never condemn. Those that condemn and point their finger and blame and find reason to uh, be destructive are followers of the enemy, and they choose to walk that way. I choose to walk this way. So here is Jesus Christ is speaking this is coming close to the end of his time. And here's the thing, and he's speaking to a group that were coming to hear the word and teaching all this, and 
Jesus speaks in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. Here's the key thing, brothers and sisters. We simply have to believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, have faith in God. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Brothers and sisters, we are, if we are following the word, believing on Jesus Christ and faith in God, then we are disciples and called to be about our Father's business. There is a proviso. We have to expect that we will be ridiculed and targeted because Jesus Christ himself told us that there will be those that will hate us for his name's sake. And they do. They walk in the darkness. They walk that way. And there are those who will choose not to get out of their comfort zone, not to get out of that little tomb and that little hovel that they've created for themselves because it's comfortable. They go to church, then they go home. They don't have to do anything. And they think that makes them a Christian. Well, sorry, it does not, because the word says otherwise. Those are what I call the SpongeBob Christians or the cultural Christians. They go to church on Sunday and they go home. They don't do anything else, not all week. They don't attend prayer meetings. They don't uh, attend any other kind of group meetings whatsoever. None, nil, nip, nada. They don't do anything. They don't get out about their father's business. They just go and they might smile when they greet somebody at church. A lot of times they don't. They just, you're not, they, they, you can look at them and you see no joy in their life. Sorry, but that, no, I'm sorry and saddened in my heart, not sorry for saying what I'm saying because it's the truth. You can almost tell who the cultural Christians are when you attend any church at all. Even if it's a vibrant, beautiful, wonderful church, like my home church, I love it because the spirit walks in and around through there. But if you choose not to take that spirit into you, your choice, then you will walk around with that slumped shoulders, shuffling your feet, no smiles, and greet. you might greet one or two people that you know. Brothers and sisters, come on. It's just that 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 part is what I'm sorry about it, and sorry, in that it saddens my heart. And we have to remember something that that we can't be discouraged. We cannot be discouraged. It's not an easy thing that we say. I I find sometimes to try to stay focused on God through the course of the day and the things that are going on and the many things that are going on disruptive uh, emergency vehicles you got a big old incident that took place and blocking the road or you you've got uh, a whole group of people that are being just um, not very kind but here's the thing that's all meant to happen that is meant to distract us from our focus on God our father and what it should be it's meant to be that that's that white noise interference that I keep telling you about, and I keep sharing, and I will probably continue and not stop, because that is intended to take us away from our focus, and that focus is to be on God. And he knows, I was just reading this in my reading, and I, and I love the fact 
man, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that little little emotional drawing because God knows. God knows the intent of our heart, brothers and sisters. You have to you have to have faith in this. And I failed in that because I thought, you know, if I just oh man, I, I fell again. Oh, Father. But he knows the intent of my heart. And he knows that my heart's desire is to be aware of him with me all the time. He knows my heart's desire. He knows that's the truth. And he knows that when I fall sometimes and, and it's distracted and, and I'll fall down, he, but he knows what my heart is. And we look at we look at the likes of Peter. He fell a lot. But he always fell in the right direction. And Jesus Christ took him. And he called him Petros, the rock. The foundation of the church was going to be built on him. Was he perfect? No. I'm not perfect. When you become a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ and a follower of, and faithful follower of Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things, it does not make you perfect. <clears throat> there is no, not one, perfect on the face of this planet of existence. And there will be nothing perfect here save the return of Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ King of heaven, our Savior, coming back as a line of the tribe of Judah, then there will be perfection on this plane of existence. Until that time, there are none perfect. None. It doesn't matter how Christian you might think yourself to be, don't vaunt yourself to that perfection because it doesn't exist. The scriptures are very clear in that. But God knows that. And he knows that the desire of our heart is to get beyond that distraction <laughs> and to do well and to share the word for the true believers. And I have to reemphasize that because I'm, I'm seeing all around, and this is real, and this is biblical prophecy, and it's spoken to by Jesus Christ himself. So you doom and gloomers and you naysayers and all that out there, I don't care. I know where the validation comes from. Validation comes from my father and not from mammon. There will be those that will declare that. But they won't share the word. They won't share the gospel. They won't do anything else except once in a while they'll go to church on Sunday only. Then they go back and get in that comfort zone and they stay there. And the litany of excuses come out every time you give an invitation. Um, I have something similar going on every single time I turn around. The declaration is, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And I keep putting the invitation. So finally, it's gotten to the point with the invitation is open. And the last time that I told him, I said, the invitation is always open to you. It's always the same time. If anything changes, I will contact you. You and let you know. But the invitation is always open and clear. 
and it's been telling me, but then every time that I try to uh, give the invitation, then the excuses come up. And that's okay. I understand it's a hard place for, for the person to be in. He's lost some loved ones and, and things, and the walk is hard, and the devil doesn't want him to be there. That's okay. I continually pray. Pray for his strength, for his and not to be discouraged, and for him to just change his mind. So, brothers and sisters, share the word, share the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And we're not to be discouraged or um, feel lost and forlorn. There's no reason for that. God is always with us. I'm going to share that lithographs, and some of you may have heard me share this before, and, and some of you may not, but, you know, there's a, there was an old, um, goodness gracious, I think I was in high school when I first saw it. I think it was in high school, maybe later. can't remember. I'm old. Not my fault. Yeah. Um, it was a lithograph, and it was called the sand, um, Footprints in the Sand. And there's one set of tracks in the sand, and the little poem or the saying beside it is that uh, the, the person's kind of grumbling to God, actually, and says, you know, remember when we would walk together and I would see your, your footprints, but he says, I look back and there's only one set of footprints. Where'd you go? Why'd you leave me? But God's response is, my child, there's only one set of footprints because that's when I was carrying you. You will look back and not see the other set of footprints because God has got us up in his arms and he's carrying us through. Brothers and sisters, God will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. He has promised that. It doesn't matter what the turmoil is. It doesn't matter what the tumult is. It doesn't matter how deep the darkness, or how heavy the fighting. I love that that song. Um, I'm going to try to remember what it is. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's very cool. It's called Rescue. <coughs> ah, Rescue, Lauren Daigle. I thought it was another singer. I'm sorry, but it's Lauren Daigle. She sings Rescue. And for those of you that are not familiar, then, then you should go to that because it's a wonderful, wonderful song and a message. God promises to rescue. It doesn't matter the distance. And in the words of the song, he will not stop marching no matter the distance. He will not stop searching no matter how deep the darkness. And he will not stop in the midst of the fight. It doesn't matter how deep the fight is or how tumultuous. He will be there with us. He has promised, brothers and sisters. He has promised that thing. We cannot ever forget that. We cannot forget that, brothers and sisters. 
we have to take heart in that God delights in the fact that we want to be with him and do the right thing. And honestly, sometimes I, I just am so caught up in the fact that I failed or that I fell <laughs> that I miss the point that God's my father. There are fathers in this plane in mammon that are so, they're so, so disdainful. And I find it difficult to, you know, yeah, they're a father. They're not a dad. They're a father. This is, this is the difference. See, the term Abba for God is a heartfelt and it's an endearment, not just like, yes, Father God. It's Abba. It's more like Dad. God is Dad. It's not just the austere king that sits on the throne of heaven and we have to come and be auspiciously fearful, pomp and circumstance. He's not that way. He is Abba Yahweh. He is dad. He loves us and it delights it delights him that we want to follow him. It delights him. He is a good father and he loves us and everything in and about us is because of him. Brothers and sisters, he loves the fact that we have in our hearts the desire to be truthful, honest, and share his word. And that is according to his word. He is delighted that we want to walk and be with him. And when we ring him up, it's like he's got all these multiple switchboards, but he is, remember that he is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent, all-powerful all-knowing, and always present. So when we ring him up, we call that big heavenly switchboard, and he rings, he answers the phone. He likes it when that little light comes on over his extension. He likes that. He says, oh, that's my son Raven's calling. I love that. Oh, my daughter Jane, she's calling. I love that. Oh, my other son, Don, I love that. Oh, here's my daughter, Mare. I love that. He gets so happy when we call him up and we want to talk with him. I remember I've shared this with you, brothers and sisters, that God is so loving and his love is so deep that he has the capability, the ability to walk with each and every single one of us and tell us that we are his very own. And then go to the next child and tell them that we are his own. It wouldn't be a lie. Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. That is our Lord God Almighty. And sometimes it <laughs> will uh, take a notion that our thought process is not where it should be or established in God like it, the world has been. And I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, that these 
distractions that go on in the world are all part of an agenda to keep us distracted, to keep us apart, to keep us away from God. And all we have to do is remember that he's with us all the time. And we may not have a huge, massive um, triumphant entering the gates of the city, trumpets and drums and blaring and big parade um, success over something there, but God was with us through what we got through, and it's it's a it's enough, brothers and sisters. We don't have to have a massive parade, beating of the drums, and a lot of pomp and circumstance. God was with us. He helped us to triumph. The Holy Spirit guided our walk. Jesus Christ was with us in his blood and his sacrifice for us. And God is with us all the time. Be not discouraged. Be not afraid nor dismayed. For I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you always. And we have to remember too, that there are none, there are none, there are none on in mammon, and there is not one, not even Satan himself, can bring charges, blame, and condemnation. Because God, we are his children, we have faith in him, we believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son, and it is God's validation, his justification in us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, who died for us. But more importantly than just the crucifixion, the resurrection. For Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and life. That whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Remember, there's a difference between death and perishing. They shall not perish is the eternal separation from Jesus Christ, God the Father, and eternal darkness away from loved ones. That's perishing. But the promise has been made that because of his sacrifice, if we believe, then we shall not perish. It doesn't say you won't die. We're going to die. But there's a difference between death and perishing. I used to fear death. I used to fear, but that's because in my heart and my mind that Satan was still holding on to those keys and he wanted me to be afraid of death. <clears throat> Believe me in this, Satan wants you to fear death. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Remember Psalm 23? And what does Psalm 23 say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Evil is Satan, his minions. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and let me tell you this, brothers and sisters, every day that we're out, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death you might not recognize it because it's kind of bright and sunny and there's people moving around. <clears throat> but brothers and sisters, remember that tomorrow is not promised. And by the choice that someone else makes, they might take your physicality. 
but your spiritual life, if it belongs to God the Father through Jesus Christ, your belief in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you shall not perish, and that's promised. If you've not taken the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe on him, believe in God, do so. It doesn't take a great parade. It doesn't take a whole bunch of people. You can do it by yourself. You can you can get yourself sequestered someplace away from distraction, noise, and all the things that are going on. Just go in your bedroom, close the door. And for some, this might seem a little bit offensive, but get over yourselves. Go in the bathroom, close the door, and kneel down beside the tub. You don't even have to kneel down. You can lean against the sink. Bow your head. It's a quiet place. And say, Lord Jesus Christ, I want you in my heart. I believe that you came and died for me as well as anyone else that will hear and listen to you and believe on you. Father God, I want to have faith in you. I want to believe that you are my father, that you created me and all things around me. I want the scales removed from my eyes. I want to hear what you have to say. Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me and guide me. In Jesus' name, Father God, amen. That's all it takes. No great pomp and circumstance. Anyone can do it. And if you'd rather have somebody that maybe you've been going to church with but never taken the opportunity to accept the Lord as your Savior and you want them to pray with you, do it. They can even do it with you while you're sitting down in your house and they can pray with you over the telephone. It's possible to do that, brothers and sisters. It is entirely possible. And it's acceptable in this day and age. There's a lot of things that happen in, in our time, brothers and sisters, that, that uh, God accepts because he knows what the things are. Remember, he's omniscient means that he knows everything. Brothers and sisters, it is so vitally important to have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in Ephesians 4 and 23, this is going to be a new emphasis on the recycling aspect of God my Father and Jesus Christ. So, in Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I'm going to continue a couple more verses down here because this is how... We are to be, which is contrary to how the council culture is working and operating today. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. So, What that's saying is that we have to be always truthful with our brothers and sisters and that everyone around us, 
is indeed our neighbor. And we have to treat them righteously. We have to treat them truthfully. Don't speak. Don't be double speaking with people. That is, that's so despicable. Don't look at somebody and speak truthfully with them and honestly with them and then turn around and behind their back you start the rumor mill. That's, that's just terrible. If you're not going to appreciate someone, who they are, how they are, you don't have to like someone. That's acceptable. Jesus Christ didn't like everyone, but he loved everyone. You might not like somebody, you might not want to be around them, but you pray for them. But you don't go up and you don't, oh, hey, how's it going, man? You're looking really good. Da, 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 da. I heard this and that. Wow, that's really good. And then as soon as they walk away, you start, man, what a jerk. I don't even know. Sometimes I choke on what I'm talking to. What is that about? The Bible, that's contrary biblical teaching. The Bible tells us not to do that. So don't do it. Stay in the truth. Stay in the light always. And share the truth in the light. And here's what we have to remember too. In Hebrews 3.1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is our high priest. And he is interceding for us all the time, brothers and sisters. He is in intercessory prayer over us at all times. He talks to God over us all the time. In Hebrews 4, 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession, our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like us as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ came. He walked as a man. He was born as a man. He was tempted as a man. He's gone through all the things that we have been through or are going through. He knows and is aware. He is our high priest. The scriptures tell us that he is that and that he prays intercessory prayer for us every single day. And know this too and remember this, that God does not sleep, nor does he slumber. Some of you might be confused. Say, what's the difference? Well, sleeping is like we do at night. We lay our head down on the pillow and we are out. We don't remember anything that goes until the alarm clocks. Goes off and wakes us up. Slumbering is sitting back in the recliner, pulling that easy chair after a big old Thanksgiving meal and just sort of dozing off. You're still aware of everything that's going on around there, but you're in a very cloudy place. You couldn't get up and do anything physical or reasonably physical if you depended on it. Couldn't be done because you were slumbering. You were getting ready. The melatonins are all going in there and you were getting ready to nap. God doesn't do that. He's aware of everything that we do, all things. 
I'm going to share something with you here. This is for my uh, doom and gloomer audience. Those out there that prefer to believe that way. And this is something by one of my... Uh, I love this man. My home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. Anybody have a guess who said that? That's actually a direct quote from a person who is a powerful man of God. And his, his thing was that he always spoke the gospel. He always preached from the gospel. He'd go to other locations in the Bible, but the gospel is the import. The gospel of Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is indeed our Savior. He is the resurrection, the truth, and the life. He has declared that, and he is that. Brothers and sisters, one of the greatest men that I believe God permitted to walk on this planet, and Billy Graham said that, actually. Reverend Dr. Billy Graham, this is not my home. My home is in heaven. I'm just passing through, just traveling through. I've shared that with you. You have, I've shared that the doom and gloomers, some doom and gloomers I've heard, not all of them, but some that I've heard. And, and uh, unfortunately, they are actually <laughs> within a church. Um, and they believe, still believing or declaring that it's doom and gloom to talk about prophecy and talk about the things that are going on in the world and talk about, you know, the end of the world times and that they don't want to hear that. They only want to hear the, the nice things and the good things. Well, la-di-da-da. -da. What do you, when you go to uh, the library or go to a bookstore and you buy the book and you sit there, are you one of those kind that you just read the synopsis on the desk cover and then you don't buy the book because you think now you know the whole story? Brothers and sisters, if you just read all the pretty stuff and the nice things that talk about when Jesus talks about the lilies of the field and the lilies of the valley and all that, and that's all you read in the Bible, then you don't have a grip, you don't have a grasp, you don't have the true knowledge. You have to understand, brothers and sisters, that this is the world and that the world has chosen to be corrupted. The world, the, the members of mammon have made a choice. God made us with a choice, a free will choice, so that we were not robotic in our affections to him. And unfortunately, mammon are choosing to be dark. Look at how we treat each other kindness and courtesy and love and lifting people up. Oh, they don't believe that way. So we're going to riot and we're going to burn the cities out. Let's do this and let's do that. And we'll just do, we'll take this business down. We're going to take this business out. And it doesn't matter who they are, what color they are, where they come from. We're going to do it because they don't agree with us. Oh, that's real scriptural, isn't it? That's biblical teaching quite the opposite. That's total contrary teaching. So, doom and gloomers, what I tell you is that, that we are just traveling through here. We have, we're on a work visa. And if you are a true Christian, that means that you do believe that Jesus Christ died for you and that you do want to reflect his character and be like Jesus Christ. Didn't like everybody, but he loved everyone. A big difference. Huge difference. You don't have to like them to love them.
But brothers and sisters, if you want to be that truthful, true acting Christian and reflect that light in this dark place, that's what God calls us to share the gospel. The reality is that Jesus Christ came for everyone and whosoever. Jesus Christ came, and this I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, that you make the Bible personal. You can make it personal. Don't write in there and, and scribble stuff out and alter it that way because that's not really appropriate. I don't do that. I make side notes and I make footnotes. And God doesn't mind that. He also doesn't mind that I make scriptures personally mine. Just like I said, Jesus Christ came for me. He came to sacrifice himself for me and whosoever will hear and obey and follow and repent. But Jesus Christ came for me. He came and sacrificed himself for me. He provided the refill for the fountain pen that I signed the contract with my Father God, maker of all things made. That's my Lord Jesus. That's my Haba Yahweh. He is your Haba Yahweh. He is your Father, maker of all things made. All things made, brothers and sisters. Share the gospel. It is that bright beacon that we have to shine out in this plane of existence that we are traveling through. This is not our home. We are being permitted to travel through here to share the gospel so that all would have the opportunity to be saved and not perish. God loves us so much that he does not want that to happen. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Have a blessed day. Keep your spiritual ears tuned into the word of God. Hear his voice. Hear his calling to you. Feel his passion of love for you. How much love? John 3.16, for God so loved the world. The profound depth by two little, small, short letters put together to make a tiny word. There's only a one other word in the English language that's small. One letter, letter A, letter I. So brothers and sisters, take the I out of the equation, put the sun in the middle of the equation, and then you will walk a life more abundant. I love you. Have a blessed day. Pray for you on my going out, my coming in.